Hello everyone and welcome to American Civil War Roundtable UK. Um, remember there is a YouTube channel. Also, if you're listening on podcast, it's American Civil War and UK History Podcast. So the American Civil War Roundtable has a brilliant website. Go and have a look. Also, we have a Facebook group, an Instagram page, and they will all be available in the description below at the bottom of the page. If you're watching via the Roundtable YouTube channel, don't forget to subscribe and remember to hit the little bell button or you won't get a notification when a new video comes on. Um, I was invited to join American Civil War Roundtable, which I gladly accepted. So joining me today is the president of American Civil War Roundtable UK, um, Mike Somerville. Welcome, Mike. So, welcome, Darren, and welcome to our group. <clears throat> thank you. So please tell us what sparked your interest in American Civil War to start off with. Um, well, uh, my father fought in the Second World War, and I think like many of my generation, I got an interest in military history when I was very young. But I didn't really start reading anything about uh, American history until I went to university. And then what really sparked off the interest in the Civil War came about because um, in the 80s, I used to do competitive wargaming, not um, reenactments like you do, but with think, uh, t our tabletop figures. Um, and the club I was a member of uh, wanted somebody to represent them in an American Civil War competition. Um, and I volunteered to do that. And I just got hooked because I think it's such a fascinating period, particularly if you're interested in military history, if just from the tactical tactical perspectives and the tactical changes that were going on at the time. Mm -hmm. Completely agree with you. What I like about American Civil War is the characters. Mm. There's so many characters. Right, um, so when did you join the Roundtable UK and how did it come about? So tell us a little bit about that and also the history of the Roundtable and how long it's been around for. Um, well, I'm a relatively new member. Um, I joined in 2011. Um, my wife uh, has a, d a degree in American studies, so we have American history in common. Uh, and at that time, she was a researcher uh, for a radio programme about the American Civil War, um, because it was the sesquicentennial of, of the outbreak of the war. Um, so she discovered the Roundtable UK, um, which, although I'd been interested in the Civil War for at least 20 years up until then, I had never heard of. Um, so we were invited to the conference and we both went along and I was just blown away. Um, not just by the quality of the speakers at the conference, because obviously they're professional speakers and academics and you expect them to be good. But just from the breadth of knowledge of the membership, I mean, I, I thought up until that point that I knew a lot about the Civil War. And I came away humbled, just realizing how little I actually did know. Um, but really friendly group, very wide range of interests, and we just joined there and then. Okay. Um, the round table itself has been going for a really long time. Um, I think it's 1953 it was founded, which is actually older than most, if not all, of the round tables in the US. Um, I believe we originally were founded as a Confederate Historical Society. 
um, or something of, of that name. But we are, I hasten to say, a completely nonpartisan organisation today. Um, although, obviously, as you say, there are some great characters and everyone has their favourites. And some of those are on the southern side and some of those are on the northern side, depending on, uh, depending on your penchant. Um, but yeah, um, as I say, uh, great community and really wide range of interest. Brilliant. So tell us about becoming president. And of course, uh, um, some of your time through this uh, very difficult time, obviously, through COVID. And tell us about how you've had to adapt and moved on to platforms like Zoom and other things like that. Yeah. Um, so in 2016, the society became a, a registered charity. Um, so we have two basic objectives as a charity. One is education uh, and the other one is preservation and heritage. Um, so uh, I was asked that I, or, uh, I was elected at that point to, to the, the trustees of the charity. Uh, and then I became president in 2019 in November. Uh, and then, of course, in April, the world changed. So a bit of a Lincoln-esque moment, perhaps, if that's not too, <laughs> not too extreme a comparison. Um, we have, at the time, we know we just usually met face-to-face. -face. We had about half a dozen meetings a year. Um, and, of course, all of that just fell apart. We couldn't do any of that. Uh, we couldn't do any of those face-to-face -face meetings. And particularly from the point of view of our membership, obviously, with an interest in American history, we like to travel, um, and, and that all was no longer possible. So, so COVID was really quite a shock to us. It wasn't entirely unexpected because we had talked uh, in, in the February about what we would do if if things started to get worse. Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 not been easy. We've had to adapt quite a lot. But one thing when I became president that I wanted to do in any case was to try and increase our online presence. So in some respect, COVID has been a great enabler and a great spur to action because we had to increase our online presence because we could no longer meet face to face. Um, another thing to note is that the society is actually quite a big part of our, a lot of our members' social lives. We have a lot of um, quite elderly people, just um, if I don't mind me saying so. Um, and you know, with with their uh, need to um, to shield and, and self isolate potentially, um, we really wanted to make sure that we continued to stay in touch with them. So, a few things that we did we um, we increased the uh, level of communication online through our Vidette newsletter, which goes which we were sending out roughly every two months, and we pretty much sent it out. Uh, monthly uh, throughout last year. Um, we had a conference which we had to postpone, but we held a what we call a virtual conference in which rather than getting speakers over from the United States, we invited people to watch uh, videos on YouTube and then have a, a, a dialogue and a debate about those through social media. Um, and of course, as you say, we've got the now ubiquitous Zoom um, and that's really been, we, we, we had people who were asking us before last year, why don't you video your meetings? Um, and we'd always felt that it, the, the technology wasn't quite there, particularly if you're taping a face-to-face -face meeting in a, in, a, in a conference hall or something such like. But with these types of things, you know, now everybody has the technology and most people are comfortable with the technology and familiar with the technology. So we first did a 
uh, a face-to-face -face Zoom meeting, uh, sorry, a Zoom meeting in June last year, um, with one of our committee members being the guinea pig for that. And and we've took it from there. We've not looked back really. Uh, everyone finds them very popular. We can uh, record them. We can put them on our YouTube channel, as you say. Um, and they've been really well received. And of course. Because we are a UK-based organisation and a lot of the people we would love to have speak to us are in the US, that's a really great advantage because we don't have to wait for those people to happen to have a speaking engagement in the, in the UK or coming across to the UK for some reason. Um, we can ask them to give a, give a talk from the comfort of their own home. Cool. So, Mike, I understand that you have written a book, which um, let me just get this uh, up now so we can see a picture of it. So tell us about your book, please, Mike. Slightly compressed picture there, yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah, so um, as you say, see, Bull Run to Bull War, How the American Civil War Changed the British Army. Um, and I, this, this is the front cover illustration, which I really like, because this is not the image that people usually have of the British Army, which is very much the, uh, the red-coated um, soldiers who you see in things like Zulu. This is actually the 60th Rifles, who are doing a pretty good impression for those people who know about the Civil War, of um, people like the uh, the US sharpshooters, um, this is not usually an image that I would say that people associate with the Victorian Army. Um, one of the things that I've always thought is that the Civil War has a similar place in in um, British historical memory to the First World War. In, in both cases, they're sort of traumatic experiences from the viewpoint of casualties and, and things like that. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, you read a lot about the, the Civil War anticipating the First World War. If you actually look into that from a historical perspective, um, what you find is that's not, doesn't originate in America. It actually originates in Britain in the 1930s. And, and there's a lot of British military historians who, who studied the Civil War quite a lot and used it to illustrate their own ideas about what was going on in, in, in military history. Um, so, so these people in the 1930s were basically criticizing the British Army for the first world, where, where it conducted the First World War. Um, and looking back to the Civil War and really sort of saying, well, why didn't they see this? Why didn't they see it was going to be something like the Civil War? I have always felt that that's a little bit unfair, um, that you're looking at history with hindsight, with 2020 hindsight. So um, on the back of the, conf the conference that we talked about in 2011, um, again, I blame my wife for most things in my life. She persuaded me to uh, do a degree course uh, with the University of Buckingham and it's a research degree. So I wanted to do something about the Civil War and I got the idea of looking at what the British wrote about um, the Civil War and looking at it very much from a viewpoint of not, well, what didn't they learn because of what we know happened later, but what were they actually seeing as the problems of the time? And given what they knew at the time, how were they interpreting the Civil War and, and what do their writings and their actions show about that? Um, now, what I, um, what I found was quite interesting, I think, and I find a lot of stuff which I don't think has been reflected in most history, history books. Um, I think, again, you, you have a lot of American writers who talk about the American Civil War, 
but don't perhaps very often look at what is going on in parallel in Europe and in Britain. And in contrast, British and European military historians, even when they talk about the American Civil War, they tend to treat it in isolation and they don't compare, again, they don't compare it with what's going on in Europe. Um, I found that there was a lot, there was a lot of observers, more, more than people usually credit, who went to America. Um, they didn't all go to the South, which is the impression that you sometimes get. There were, a lot of people went to the North and a lot of people had Northern sympathies. Um, and they were really pretty perceptive about what was going on. Um, and and in, often they anticipated some of the debates that we have in modern historical works about you know, the importance of the Western theater compared to the Eastern theater, or you know, why were the Americans building these, um, these entrenchments and things like that. So there was, a lot, there was a lot of material there, which I think uh, hist historians haven't really, um, really looked at and uncovered. Um, I'm not gonna pretend that the British army was perfect. Um, there were a lot of incompetent people in the British army, just as there were lots of incompetent generals and, and uh, dreadful incidents in the American Civil War. Um, but I think it, it, if you read my book, I hope I make a pretty good case um, that there were, there were also people who actually were professional soldiers and did understand what was, a lot of what was going on um, and did look at the Civil War objectively and, and try and understand it and um, try and anticipate what was going to happen. And there were some very interesting um, pieces of writing, some of, some of which I use as examples, which actually are not bad predictions of what you're going to see in the First World War. Nobody expected a four year war with a stalemate on the Western Front in the way that it actually turned out. But some of the predictions of things like trench warfare, some of the discussions about how can you attack when you've got such incredible firepower against you. Um, these were problems that the military minds were grappling with at the time, but they weren't easy problems and there weren't any easy solutions for them to just take off the shelf. Um, so it's, as I say, it, 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 the book arose out of my doctorate. So it is quite an academic book. <laughs> um, but if people, are, if people want a slightly easier uh, entry into the subject, um, I did do um, a, a, a Q&A session on the Reddit platform last year, which was very well received. Um, so there's lots of interesting questions and my answers to those questions on there if people are interested in looking that up. Um, I also did um, a sort of summary of some of the f uh, themes in my work for a website called Military History Now, which you can find on, on the web, web. And that's a, an easy introduction perhaps to, to my book. Um, Civil War Blogspot um, did a very nice review and they actually rated the book one of the top 10 English, uh, sorry, American Civil War books of last year. Um, which was very flattering, and I think I was the only person, a British author, to uh, to be on the top ten. So, um, quite pleased with that. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> Thanks. Cool. So, what is your goal going forward for American Civil War Roundtable UK as president in the next year or so? Um, well, first of all, hopefully we're going to get back to normal. We're going to be able to have face-to-face -face meetings again. Um, I, my big goal, as I say, we, we've, we've done a lot of work this year, um, or last year really, um, 
second foundations, I think. We've, we've got a much better online presence. You, you talked about our website. We've spent a lot of time and effort um, rebuilding our website this year, and it's much more accessible, much more usable. Um, we've got people like yourself involved. And you know, I think you're, you know, some of the stuff that you're doing, these sort of videos, um, and some of the stuff that you've been posting on Facebook and, and Instagram with us, you know, this is all good stuff. We, we really want more channels so that we can get in touch with people. Um, as I say, I didn't know anything about this group until 10 years ago. And I'm sure there are lots of people out there who have a passion for the Civil War or even just a passing interest in the Civil War, um, like yourself, um, the passionate end. Um, and we really want to engage with people. So it's about getting, getting, getting our presence out there. Um, if you are in the UK and you are interested in the Civil War, then we want to know about you and we want you hopefully to become members or at the very least be following us on Facebook and hearing about what we're doing and, and, and taking an interest in what we're doing. Um, and it's not just if you're in the UK. So we, um, we have a number of overseas members and we'd like to have more overseas members. Again, things like Zoom mean that you don't, you know, you don't have to turn up in London for our meetings anymore. We, 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 we will, we hope, have new meetings in London next, this year or next year. But we'll also continue the Zoom meetings because I say there are really great advantages for us in having Zoom meetings. Um, we have members in Scotland, we have members in Northern Ireland, we have a member on the Isle of Man. Um, those people don't find it so easy to get to London. So this is a good way that we can keep in touch with people. Um, and again, if, you're, if you've got ancestors or fought in the Civil War, uh, Civil War but have British connections, we get people getting in touch with us because of that. Um, and those people can be anywhere in the world. We've, we've had several new members from America this year, uh, and that's really great. And we welcome members across, across, the, across the world. Okay. So if someone is listening and watching and they are interested in joining, so what would they have to do to become a member? And what are the cost activities? What sort of things can you expect to, be, uh, to get out of being a member? Um, okay. So um, we... I'll start with what we do. <laughs> so as I said, it, it, our, our basic objectives are education and, and heritage. Um, the heritage side of that is obviously a little bit more difficult for us than other Americans of all band tables. Most, most American societies have got some form of local buildings and battlefields or whatever, um, where there's an obvious focus for any heritage activities. And there are a few heritage locations in, in the UK, but they're not very common. We don't get very many opportunities to do any preservation work around them. But we support, um, we do support some preservation work in, in America, ideally with a, a, a British angle to it, but not always. Um, so our main, um, our main activities are educational. Um, we, uh, as I say, we have meetings. Um, we have a conference every year, or we did until last year when we unfortunately had to cancel. Um, but we are hoping to have a conference this year in August, um, depending upon circumstances, which nobody still can predict at this point in time. Um, we have American speakers over that, um, and it's a good chance for people to get together and, 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 um, uh, and talk about not just what's going on at the conference, but the Civil War in general. Uh, we have a field trip, um, which is usually to Europe, usually to somewhere that has an American theme. So in 2019, for example, we went to the Ardennes and the Battle of the Bulge. 
um, always with a, a, a top quality um, battlefield guide. Uh, and we usually have a Christmas meal as well, again, based in London. Um, also, uh, we're very proud of our Crossfire magazine, which comes out three times a year. Um, some really great um, uh, scholarship in that. I could add that you, you talked about my book, but we've actually got, I think, at least half a dozen people in the society who've actually published books in the last year or two, um, ranging from people who write civil war fiction and very well-researched civil war fiction, I might add, um, to more academic books like myself and a few others. Um, and uh, we've, we've, uh, the, the last talk we had was by John Mesner, um, who you know from, um, from Glasgow, who we're very pleased to, uh, like you, welcome into our ranks this year as uh, somebody who's interested in the Civil War, but also interested in British aspects of that. Um, we produce, as I say, we produce an e-newsletter as well. So I think we've got a lot there for people who are interested in the Civil War uh, and, and, and just British military history generally. Um, we, the membership is £25, which we think is pretty cheap. Uh, and as, as I say, it's, we, we've decided that we will offer that £25 for anybody in the world. The only difference if you're overseas is that because of postage costs, we don't send out a physical copy of our magazine. We, um, we provide that as an email, as, a, as an email PDF copy. Um, but yeah, so um, we have a lot of Facebook followers who are not necessarily full members and we welcome people who just want to do that. But if you've got a passion for the Civil War uh, in the UK, um, then I'd really like you to uh, take a look at our website, take a look at our Facebook page, take a look at our YouTube channel. Uh, and if you like what, I'm, what, we, what you see, then please think about joining us as a full-time member. Okay. Thank you, Mike. That was brilliant. So, like Mike just said, if you're interested in joining the American Civil War Roundtable UK, you will find all the relevant links below. And also, what I will do, Mike, is I'll put the links to those uh, pages that you suggested about the uh, linking in with the book and everything that you wrote. Yeah, thank uh, you. Send me the links. I'll put them on there um, or you can put them on there or something. But anyway, so thank you for joining me and uh, um, thanks, everyone. And hopefully we'll see you all again soon. Cheers. Goodbye. Thank you, Darren. Thank <laughs> you.